This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. This is the Relic Radio Show, your weekly hour of old-time radio drama. We're going to begin this week's hour with The Adventures of the Falcon. We'll hear the case of the disappearing doll from August 30th, 1950. After that, it's Gunsmoke and Post Martin from December 13th, 1952. Hello? Yes, this is the Falcon speaking. Oh, Peggy. I'm glad you called. I'll have to ask for a rain check, Angel. I'm all tied up. Mm Mm-hmm. An actor friend of mine just bought himself a gun, and the way it looks now, he figures to make a big hit. The Adventures of the Falcon, starring Les Damon. You met the Falcon first in his best-selling novels. Then you saw him in his thrilling motion picture series. Now join him on the air when the Falcon solves... The Case of the Disappearing Doll. The Case of the Disappearing Doll. It's Wednesday evening in New York, and in a small furnished room on Manhattan's east side, a gentleman named Carl Hoffman glares at an old clock as if commanding it to stop. And when it continues to ignore Mr. Hoffman's wishes, he holds off and makes known his displeasure. Hey, take it easy, Carl. Don't tell me to take it easy, Sheppy. You went and busted the clock. That's not all I'm going to bust either. Where's Janet? Give her a chance, Carl. She'll show. When? She was due here an hour ago. Maybe she got tired up with that jerk, Harry Jensen. That's still no excuse. I told her it doesn't... Get that. Yeah, I'll get it. Just a second. Hello, Sheppy. Oh, you're just in time, Janet. What's the matter? Carl, he's blowing his top. Don't worry about it. It'll do him good. That you, Janet? Yeah, Where the devil have you been? Working. You were due here at eight. There were what they call extenuating circumstances. You out with Harry Jensen? Uh Uh-huh. How'd you make out? Well, he's loosening up a little. But? He still wouldn't kick through with the information. Well, that's a nice how do you do. Well, if you think you can do better... Maybe I can. Take it easy, Carl. You too, Janet. Where does he get off bawling me out? How long have I had to work on Harry? Look, we know it's only been a week, but time is getting short. Vince Dario will be here tomorrow. Who? Vince Dario. Carl's bringing him in from Toledo for this. Why? Because he's the best man in the business, that's why. And yeah. Vince isn't the kind of a guy who'll hang around if we can't promise him action. Well, I'm doing everything I can. Yeah, sure she is, Carl. Now, why don't you two just kiss and make up? No. All right, I'm sorry, Janet. Forget it, honey. Come here, baby. <clears throat> Uh, don't mind me, folks. Uh, grab yourself a walk, Chef. Come on, fellas, break it up. Huh? We got work to do. He's right, sweetheart. When do you think you'll have something to report from that Harry Jensen character? Well, he wanted to see me later tonight. Well, maybe tonight's the night. Maybe. How about it, Janet? You know, I think if you got him good and plastered, he might start talking. That's never been a problem with Harry. The tough thing is to make him quit. Well, get him started in the right direction, baby. And when he stops, we'll be on Easy Street. <laughs>
Jenna. I had enough. Oh, don't be such a sissy. Who's a sissy? You are. Yeah? Well, let me show you something. Give me that bottle. Now, Harry, do you think you should? Watch. Well, well, well. <coughs> How's that? Oh, darling, you're terrific. Hey, you want to know something, Janet? What? Hey, you're pretty terrific, too. I'm, I'm crazy about you, baby. Crazy enough to marry me? Say the word and we'll do it like that. Don't tempt me, Harry. <laughs> I mean it. So do I. What did we live on? What will we live on? What's the matter with me? I make good dough. Eighty bucks a week. <laughs> Is that anything to sneeze at? Oh, no, that's wonderful, darling. Yeah, I'm top man with the outfit. Who do you think makes all the important deliveries? Who? Me, that's who. Go on. Don't believe me, huh? Ever hear of the McGill Company? Yeah. Well, they got a payroll of 80,000 bucks a week, and I'm the guy who brings it to them. When? Huh? When do you bring it to them? Oh, I'm sorry, honey. We're not supposed to tell. And you claim you love me. I do, sweetheart. Then tell me. Tell me when you're going to deliver the McGill payroll. Now, what difference does that make? Think I could marry a man who didn't trust me? <sighs> Say, Janet. What? Well, ain't, ain't it, ain't it kind of stuffy in here? No. I, I feel awful warm. You know, I, I, I bet I could go to sleep. I, don't you pass out on me? Oh, no, don't, Janet. I, I, I'm nuts about. Harry, uh, Harry, <laughs> the McGill payroll. When do you deliver it? Yeah. Friday. Friday at two. for Carl Hoffman. Well, who are you? All right, Sheppy, let him in. Hiya, Vince. Hello, Hoffman. Sheppy, Vince Dario. Glad to know you. Thanks. When'd you get in, Vince? About 20 minutes ago. You couldn't have timed it better. Got something hot? Mm-hmm. Sheppy, here at the McGill Company. The people who make all those plumbing fixtures? That's right. Don't tell me you're figuring on knocking them off. That's what I'm figuring on. I wish you would have told me that in your letter. Why? Because I wouldn't have wasted my time coming to New York. Let him go, Carl. Shut up, Sheppy. Now, before you make up your mind, Vince, maybe you ought to hear the deal. There's no deal where you have to walk into a plant like McGill's. We don't have to walk in. We grab on the outside. Come again? The messenger who delivers the payroll is a character named Harry Jensen. We know to the minute what time he'll get to the factory. Now, are you interested? I'm still here. They're tearing up the street in front of the place, so he has to park his bus a block away. Now, he'll come down Remsen Street. That's where you and I take over. Sheppy will be covering the street with a Thompson from a vacant room across the way. Sounds all right. It gets better as it goes along. Now, we give the dough to Janet. Wait a second. Who's Janet? A girlfriend of mine. I don't like it, Hoffman. What's the matter now? I don't like any caper where a babe is involved. You don't know this, babe. How do you think we find out when they're going to deliver the payroll? Oh. Yeah. She's a real stylish kid. What's her last name? Halsey. Wait till you meet her. I'd like to very much. It's all up to you, Vince. What do you say? We got the time, the place, and a girl. What more can a fella ask? How does she handle, Janet? All right, I guess. 
You guess. Well, I never did like driving in this kind of weather. Don't be silly, baby. It's going to make things a lot easier all around. Right, Vince? Sure, the rain will keep them off the streets. Whoa, sweetheart, wait a minute. Right here will be fine. Should I shut her off? I'll keep her running. And remember, when you start off again, go right into second and don't see to too much gas. Yeah, I got it. What time is it, Vince? Uh, make it a couple of minutes to two. Mm-hmm. You see Sheppy across the street? I think so. Well, that does it. Are you sure you know what to do, Janet? Yeah, as soon as I get the bag, I head straight for my apartment. That's right. Don't hang around no matter what. We'll all be over to your place by nine to divvy up. Supposing you aren't. Don't give it a thought, sweetheart. It'll take more than you... What? Is that our friend, Harry? Well, on the corner. Yeah, that's him. All right, Vince. Here's where we go to work. Lots of luck, honey. Thanks, baby. Give me a cigarette. Yeah. Where's that lighter you're so proud of? Oh, what do you know? It works. Here he comes. Hey, buddy. Me? Yeah. Can you tell us where Tremont Avenue is? Oh, well, you're on the wrong side of town, mister. i tell you what you better do. No, I'll tell you what you better do. Don't make a move, bud. Not even a teeny one. Hey, what is this? Just what it looks like. Pass that grip to my friend. Go on. Sorry, pal. You know how it is. No hard feelings, I hope. Oh, that's all right, mister. I got a good memory for faces. I won't forget you. In that case, let me give you something else to remember me, boss. Who is it? That should be open up. Hello, Carl. Vince. Hi. Went off like clockwork, didn't it? Yeah. Where's Janet? She ain't here. Huh? What? No, no, no. I was the first one in. It's lucky I had a key to her place, huh? And you're lucky I don't have a suspicious mind. Well, I have. Did she phone in? Uh-uh. You told her to come straight here, didn't you, Carl? Yeah. Well, you don't think she had an accident, do you? No, no, no. We would have heard about it. I had the radio in the car tuned to the police calls. But if the cops snapped her... You kidding? There was nobody within miles of her. After you chucked the bag into her car, she took off. She'll show up, Vince. She better. She's got all the dough. Just what are you getting at? You told me yourself she's a very smart girl. Women who are beautiful shouldn't be brainy. Meaning? I think we got a double cross. You're nuts. I'll leave it to Sheppy. No, no, no. Janet wouldn't do that, Vince. Why not? Well, well, because she never did it before. Did she ever have 80 grand before? Look, what are you worried about? It isn't even 9 o'clock. Well, supposing she doesn't show by 9. Then I'll start looking for her. And if she isn't dead when I find her, she'll wish to heaven she was. guy's got a butt. I'm fresh out. There's a pack in my coat pocket, Sheppy. Thanks. Carl, you wouldn't have anything else in that pocket. Like what, Vince? Like 80 grand. Pardon me for pointing, but it's 20 after 9. Your girlfriend hasn't shown up yet. So? So I think we ought to start looking for her. I suppose she comes back in the meantime. You can always leave her note. No, no. I think one of us ought to hang around here. Who, for instance? Why, do you want to? Maybe I better. Okay, you wait here. Sheppy, you cover the east side. You know the places Janet likes. I got you. What are you going to do, Hoffman? I got an angle I want to try. Like what? Never mind. But if Janet's tossing us a curve, I think I know the one guy who can throw her out at home. I'll let you know how I make out. Yeah? 
I'd like to see Mike Waring, the Falcon, please. You are now. Oh, well, uh, my name's Carl Huffman. Yeah? Uh, can I come in? Oh, sorry. Thanks. Sit down. Much obliged. Now, what's on your mind? Well, I'm looking for a girl. Aren't we all? No, I mean, this is a special one. Her name is Janet Halsey. Janet Halsey? Yeah. She's my girlfriend. Well, maybe we better take this from the beginning. Well, Janet and I were supposed to be married next Sunday. So I opened up a joint account for us at the bank. How big? $2,000. And she skipped? Mm-hmm. This morning. She lived at the Brighton Towers. How do you know she didn't meet with an accident? Well, she's done the same thing before. Oh, she has? Yeah. She served three years in the women's penitentiary under the name of Lois Hart. She got out in 48. Well, how come you trusted her with your money? Well, you know how it is, Waring. You always hope that this time it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see what I can do, Hoffman. As you say, the first problem is to locate the girl. Yeah, and the moment you do, will you give me a call? I'll be waiting at the Brighton. Brighton? Didn't you say that's where your girlfriend lived? Yeah. I'm using her apartment to operate from. Uh-huh. You see, I wouldn't want to miss her if she came back. Well, I guess that does it, Falcon. I'll be waiting for your call. to the adventures of the Falcon. An hour has passed since Carl Hoffman recruited Mike Waring in his search for Janet Halsey. And now as we find Mike, he is making a tour of some of the shadier spots on New York's 3rd Avenue. You're looking for someone, mister? As a matter of fact, I am. Falcon. Hello, Joey. A long time no see, pal. What can I do for you, Mike? Well, you're a man who knows all the wrong people. Ever hear of a girl named Janet Halsey? Huh? Huh. We seem to have an audience. Yeah, and I like your act, mister. Only I missed the last line. Would you mind repeating it? Now, cut it out, Sheppy. This is Mike Waring. I don't give a rap who he is. What do you want with Janet Halsey? I don't think that's any of your business. All right. Suppose we take a little walk outside. No, thanks. It's too hot. That's all right. I got something in my pocket to chill you off. Now, take it easy, Sheppy. Just keep out of this, Joe. What do you say, Waring? I don't seem to have much choice in the matter. No. So start walking. I'm sorry, Mike. It's all right, Joey. All in a day's work. Quit gabbing. Come on, I haven't got all day. Look, if you'd like to put this off or something... I'll be a wise guy. Okay, where do we go from here? Let's try that alley. Now, look, You heard me. All right, hold it. This is fine. Now, let's pick up where we left off. What do you want with Janet? It's a long story, Sheppy. It's okay, you're not going anywhere. Oh, it might surprise you. Here, let go. Get that hand out of your let pocket. Let go or I'll what? Oh. Oh. All right, punk, on your feet. Let me alone. I said on your feet. Why are you so interested in Janet Halsey? Maybe I'm looking for her, too. Maybe, and then again, maybe you know where she is. No. Where can I find her? I got no idea. Well, get one. Let me go. Come on, Sheppy, I can keep this up all night. <laughs> Have you been to the Brighton Towers? No, but someone else hasn't. She wasn't there. Well, you might... You might try the Riverdale. Apartment 4E. Well, thanks a lot, fella. You've been a great help. Let's do it again sometime. Who is it? Carl. 
Where's Sheppy, Vince? Out looking. Did he phone in? No, I guess he had nothing to report. How did you make out? Not so hot. I guess that leaves me up the well-known creek. What are you griping about? We're all in the same boat. Yeah, but I didn't bring Janet into the act. You did, Hoffman. Okay, and I'll find her. I don't see you making any progress. Maybe not, but I hired somebody who will. Who? A fellow named Mike Waring. A private dick? That's right. What's the idea? You going off your trolley? Relax, will you, Vince? I gave him a song and dance about wanting to find Janet. This guy wearing has plenty of contacts. Well, I don't like it. And you're the boy who was bellyaching that I wasn't doing anything. You didn't have to go that far. Oh, no, how far would you go for 80 grand? Yeah, I guess you're right. Thanks. That must be Sheppy. I'll take it. Yeah, what do you want? I beg your pardon. I must have the wrong number. Wait a minute. Is that you, Janet? Hello. Hello. What's the trouble? I think that was Janet. You're imagining things. Don't tell me. I'd recognize her voice anywhere. What made her call and then hang up? You know something, Vince? That's just what I was wondering. I'll be back in an hour. Hello. Hello, is this Janet Halsey's apartment? Yeah. There's Carl Hoffman there. Who's calling? Mike Waring. We just stepped out for a while. Want to leave a message? Who's this? It's okay. I'm a friend of his. My name is Vince Dario. Well, tell Hoffman I've got a lead on his girlfriend. She's supposed to be at Riverdale Arms. If you'll meet me at the 86 Club, we'll go over together. Thanks a lot, Mr. Waring. I know Carl be glad to hear that. It's about time, Hoffman. Sorry, I'm late, but I just got your message. Where'd you get your dope from? A punk named Sheppy Oliver. What? Yeah, he pulled a gun on me. That's the funniest thing I've heard yet. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Sheppy's a friend of mine. Oh, is that so? Sure. When he heard you asking for Janet, he must have gotten suspicious. Why? Well, he's not very bright. What was that address he gave you again? Riverdale Arms. That's what I thought. It's a bump steer. How do you know? That's where Sheppy lives himself. Why would he give me his own address? Probably rattled him so badly. It was the only thing he could think of. Well, that's one possibility. Can you think of any other? Yeah, maybe Janet had a partner. You mean Sheppy? Why not? He's my best friend. Uh-huh. Janet was your best girl. Let's go see who's playing on whose team. Four A, B. It's the last one down the hall, Waring. You know, there's one thing that throws me. Only one? After I left your office, I went back to Janet's apartment. I was talking with Vince Dario when the phone rang. So? A girl got on. I would have sworn it was Janet, but she claimed it was the wrong number. Well, maybe she was trying to get in touch with Sheppy, and she got frightened when she heard your voice. Could be, but I never thought Sheppy was her type. This is the place. I just can't believe that he... Hmm. What's the matter? Unlocked? Yeah. Just as I figured. Well, I guess I better call the police, huh? Well, what's the matter? Take a good look. Holy smoke. It's Sheppy. Yeah, and with that slug in his head, I don't think he's in any position to call the cops himself. Where's the phone? Come on, Vince, open up. Keep your shirt on, 
took you so long? I was busy. Who's your friend? Oh, that's right. You boys haven't met. Mike, this is Vince Dario. How do you do? Hi. How'd that lead pan out? Not too bad. You find Janet there? No, we found Sheppy. I don't get it. He was murdered. Murdered? By who, Janet? That's one way to look at it. Still running out of? Yeah, I suppose Janet was working with a man. If you mean Sheppy, I don't see it. That's just what I said. Look, Carl, suppose we forget the whole thing. What do you mean? We gambled and lost. Oh, you surprised me, Vince. A couple hours ago, you were balling me up and not doing anything. Now you're willing to write the whole thing off. There's no use crying over spilt milk. Sure. With 80 grand in your pocket, you can always buy yourself another quart. Oh? You say something, Waring? Just oh. Look, Carl, you've been hinting at something all along. What is it? I think you know where Janet is. You're crazy. I was a sucker not to see it before. Don't be a fool, Carl. Can't you see what Janet's doing? She murdered Sheppy. Now she's turning us against each other. Well, somebody put her up to it, and I got a feeling it's you. Quit it, you stupid. Cut it out, Hoffman. Out of this, Mike. Where is she, Vince? Come on, Hoffman, break it up. Mike, let go. I said break it up. Okay. Dario. What was the idea, Hoffman? I don't like double crosses. Get the keys out of his pocket. What for? I got a hunch Janet is holed up in his apartment. And I'm going to play it to the hilt. Now back to the adventures of the Falcon. Only a few minutes have passed since Carl Hoffman decided that Janet might be hiding in Vince Dario's apartment. Now he and Mike are at Dario's, but so far there's been no sign of Janet. Well, looks like your hunch was worthless, Hoffman. Did you try the kitchen? I've been all over the place. There's no one here. I still believe that Janet was working. Uh, wait a minute. Open that drawer again. Hmm? I thought I saw an envelope in there. Yeah, you're right. Mr. Vince Dario. 2719 Bolton Avenue, Detroit. Look at the postmark. Bedford Hills, March 16th, 1948. Now look at the return address on the other side. Janet Halsey, State Penitentiary for Women. Uh-huh. You get it? And I was right. Vince knew Janet all along. Well, you could build up a convincing case on the face of it. Yeah, but where is she now? Or can't you think of somewhere she might go? Oh, we've covered every possible hideout. No, we haven't. There's one place you're forgetting, Hoffman. Whose? Yours. What are you talking about? You're the man who put Janet up to this. You planned to double-cross your mob from the beginning. Yeah? Yeah, and I thought you did pretty well. You murdered Sheppy and framed Vince Dario, and that only left Janet to be taken care of. What about you? I don't think you're man enough. That just goes to... <laughs> What's the matter, Hoffman? You lose something? That's what you're looking for? Where'd you get that gun? I lifted it off you when you were shoving Dario around. You say the word, friend, and I'll give it back to you. A slug at a time. Well, what happened after that, Mike? You know the rest, Janet. As soon as the police picked up Carl, I went to his apartment. And picked me up. And not a bad day's work at that. Thanks. No, no, I'm talking about the little bag you had with you containing 80 grand belonging to the McGill Company. Oh, now, what gets me is how you people knew exactly what time the payroll was to be delivered. Oh, I had inside information. From the boy who delivered it? How did you guess? It figured. What did you do? Use your feminine wiles? It didn't take much. He wanted to prove what a great big man he was. Mm -hmm. Well, you have that effect on the opposite sex. Do I? 
Yeah, it's just too bad you had all your work for nothing. Yeah, I guess when you come down to it, I was pretty lucky at that. You sure were, Angel. There's no doubt that with Sheppy and Vince Dario disposed of, you were next on Carl's list. Dirty double-crosser. No, 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 there's no reason to be angry. After all, you were in on 99% of the plot. He just neglected to tell you the big finish he planned for you. Oh, incidentally, when you called your apartment and got Hoffman on the phone, why did you pretend it was the wrong number? We had it arranged. When Carl picked up the phone and said, yes, what do you want, I knew he wasn't alone, and that was my cue to hang up. Mm, pretty cute. <laughs> that was the second way he convinced Dario he was acting above board. What was the first, Mike? Hiring me. He had to go through with the motions of trying to find you, and what would make him look more innocent than hiring a private detective? I still don't see what proved you he was guilty. Well, the return address on the envelope I found in Dario's room gave your name as Janet Halsey. And Carl told me when you were up at the women's pen, you served time under the name of Lois Hart. So, obviously, the letter was a frame. And Carl was the only one who could have planted it. That's right. You know, you're pretty wonderful, honey. <laughs> I mean, uh, Mr. Waring. Oh, I don't mind you getting affectionate. After all, we're going to be seeing lots of each other, Janet. Are we? Mm-hmm. Whoop. Almost past our destination. Is this where you live? <laughs> What's the matter with you, Janet? Don't you recognize the building? It's police headquarters. That's right. Why, you no good double cross... Now, now, now. What are you complaining about, Angel? I promised you we'd be seeing a lot of each other. Can I help it if for the next ten years it'll have to be through bars? <laughs> Dark City and to the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Mr. Dillon? Yeah, Chester. You want to see the prettiest sight north of the Pecos? Huh? Sight? Come over here to the window and look what's coming down the street. Not if it's anything besides trouble, it'll surprise me. She must come in on the Santa Fe from the east. Wow. Say, I think she's coming here. Yeah, it looks that way. My, I should have shaved this morning. <laughs> or even yesterday morning. Now, what could a lady like that be doing in Dodge City? Say, maybe she's going to work in one of the saloons, Mr. Dillon. No, I hope not, Chester. Uh, good morning, ma'am. How do you do? I'm... I I'm looking for the United States Marshal. Well, I'm the, uh... <laughs> My name's Dillon, Matt Dillon. I'm Catherine Blair, Mr. Dillon. Oh, it's a pleasure, Miss Blair. May I introduce my deputy? This is Chester Proudfoot. How do you How do? How do you do? 
I uh, just got in on the train from Boston, Mr. Dillon. Oh? The station master said that you might be able to help me. Well, I'll be glad to. I'm looking for my brother, Martin Blair. Why, say, Mr. Dillon... Uh, 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 Chester, will you punch up that fire? It seems a little chilly in here. Chilly? Yeah, sure. Right away, Mr. Dillon. Do you happen to know my brother, Mr. Dillon? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I know him. Oh, good. Then you can tell me where to find him. Well, I, I'm not too sure that I can. You see, he, uh, he moves around a lot. Yes, I know. He left home and came out west two years ago. Every time he's written us, it's been from a different address. He's always been that way. Restless, I guess you might call it. Yes, yes, I guess you might. Mother's always thinking he might get into trouble out here by himself. But I tell her not to worry. He's young yet. He'll grow out of it. I see. Uh, meanwhile, though, you'll, you'll need some place to stay, I imagine. Well, yes, I, I suppose there's a hotel. Uh, I think the Widow Markham may have an extra room. You'd be better off there than at a hotel. Uh, your baggage at the station? Yes. Chester, hmm? uh, will you go to the station with Miss Blair and then take her over to Widow Markham's and get her settled in a room? Sure thing, Mr. Dillon. This is awfully nice of you. <laughs> Not at all. And, uh, Chester... Will you explain the situation to Miss Markham? I mean that uh, we don't know where Miss Blair's brother is at the moment, Chester. Yes, sir. I'll explain it to her, Mr. Dillon. After you, ma'am. Oh, thank you. You're very kind, Mr. Dillon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Jack, wake up, Jack. I'm not asleep, Martin. What do you want? A jail cell usually softens a man up. Not this one, Dylan. Not now or 20 years from now. Yeah, yeah, I know. You want something or are you just making conversation? Your sister's in town, Martin. Kathy? Kathy's here in Dodge? She just left the office. She's looking for you. What'd you tell her? Nothing. Yet. Seems like a fine girl. You gotta get her out of here, Dylan. Don't let her find out. Get her on a train and get her out of here. Huh? Why? Maybe I'm no good. But there's no reason why Kathy should pay for it. That's got nothing to do with me. Then you won't help. You won't keep her from finding out? I don't know if I can, Martin. But I'll think about it. Oh, evening, Mr. Dillon. Hello, Chester. Anything come up? No, sir. It's been the quietest night in weeks. 
Yeah, no trail herds in town. I guess that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Blair's all right, I suppose? Yeah, yeah, she's all right, Chester. Have you told her about her brother, Mr. Dillon? Well, I, I told her that he's out of town. We're trying to get word to him. The truth's bound to get to her somehow, sooner or later. Yeah, I know. Only reason it hasn't already is because everybody in town knows him as Boston Jack. Yes, but his real name will come out at the trial next week, though. Well, I've been trying to get her to leave before then, go back home, but she won't leave until she sees him. Mm-hmm. He's sure going to go hard with her when she finds out her brother's guilty of cattle rustling. And murder and horse stealing. And this time we got a witness. Yes, sir. I don't rightly see how you can keep her from finding out, Mr. Dillon. Come on, Chester, let's have a talk with Martin. Nice night, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, it's fine. Great night for taking a walk. Don't you think so, Martin? Anything's better than rotting in that cell. Well, where did you expect to end up? All you got is old man Hawk's word against mine. He's lying. The jury will believe him. If he could see me so plain, how come he couldn't tell you who was with me? It was dark. He saw your face in the gun flesh. And you shot his foreman in the back. That's a lie. As far as that's concerned, I know who was with you, but I haven't got a case against him. Red Poley. Wasn't it? I wouldn't know. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I suppose we leave it to the jury. Here's the way to Markham's place, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. All right, Martin, let's get it straight now. You're here because you want to keep your sister from knowing the truth about you. Now, we're going in there and talk to her. Then you're going back to jail. You know the story I'm planning to tell her. I know. I just want to make one thing clear. You are going back to jail. Chester will stay on the front porch and cover you through the window, and I'll be inside with you, also wearing a gun. Don't try anything foolish. I wouldn't want to kill you in front of your sister, but if it comes to it, I'll do it. You understand? Sure. I understand. All right, let's go. I'll be there at the first window, Mr. Dillon. The parlor's on the left. All right, Chester. Heads up, Chester. Yes, sir. Good evening, Miss Blair. Oh, why, Mr. Dillon? I, uh, I've brought you a visitor. A visit? Martin. Hiya, Kathy. Oh, Martin. Oh, Martin, Martin. Here now. Take it easy. Oh, it's been so long. Oh, Martin, why didn't you write? Well, you know how it is, sis. Uh, say, maybe we could all go inside, huh? Oh, of course. Come on in. Come in. Oh, I couldn't imagine who was knocking. Mrs. Markham has gone to bed, and 
Oh, here. Sit down, both of you. Thank you, Miss Blair. Oh, Mr. Dillon. Where on earth did you find him? Well, I, uh... I guess I better confess to you, Miss Blair. I, uh... I knew all along where he was. What? The only trouble was I... I just couldn't produce him. Oh, I, I'm afraid I don't understand you. Uh, well, you see, Martin's been doing some work for me. Uh, sort of secret work, you might say. We're trying to dig up evidence on a gang of cattle rustlers around. Oh, just wait till Mother hears about that. Oh, and she was so worried about you. Yeah, it's uh, quite a job. Uh, it's... Uh, Pretty hard for your brother to get away from the gang without stirring up suspicion. In fact, he uh, he's only got about an hour this evening. Oh? But you will manage more time in the next day or so. I'm afraid not, sis. Uh, I may not be able to get away again for a month. A month? In fact, I've been thinking it over, and I think the best thing you can do is to... Take a train back home right away. But I just got here, Martin. It's no place for you, Kathy. Uh, he's right, Miss Blair. Dodge City's no town for a girl alone. But I came all this way to see Martin. It's like and... I told you, though, sis. Uh, it may be a month before I can manage to get away again. Uh, tell you what. After this uh, job's finished... Maybe I can get back east for a week or so. Oh, Martin, if you only could. We'd all be so happy. I can't guarantee it, but I'll sure try. I'll admit I'm a little nervous here. But the very first thing Mrs. Markham showed me was a revolver she keeps hanging out there in the hall. In case of intruders, she said. Good heavens. Well, this is the frontier, Miss Blair. The law is still pretty much with a man who shoots first. Except sometimes. Yeah. That sounds awful. Martin, you will be careful, won't you? I'm always careful. I suppose I had better take your advice and arrange to leave in the next day or two. But meanwhile, we have an hour at least. Tell me about yourself, Martin. Tell me everything you've been doing. It's cold in here, Mr. Dillon. Uh, yeah, you better get a fire started, Chester. I'll take Martin back and lock him up. I could use a little heat back in that cell. You got plenty of blankets. Well, come on, let's go. Now, you walk ahead of me. Dillon, suppose the jury brings in a conviction. What's the sentence going to be? That's not up to me. I'm just asking for information. It means hanging. Right? Probably. All right, stand right there while I open the cell. I don't want much to hang, Marshal. Nobody does. All right, Martin Giddens. Slow and easy, Dylan. Put your hands up slow. 
Good. Now keep them that way. Where'd you get the gun? In the hall at Mrs. Markham. I slipped it under my coat when I was kissing Kathy goodbye. I'll take your gun now, Dylan. Thanks. Feels good to be holding a pair of guns again. You won't be holding them long. Maybe. One thing, though. If you take me again, you'll have to take me dead. Any way you want it. In a cell, Dylan. Come on, move. Tell Chester goodbye for me, will you? I think I'll just go on out the back way. What about your sister? I guess she wouldn't want to see me hang either. When you come right down to it. So long, Doc. Return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, if you've ever had delusions of grandeur or a particularly soul-satisfying daydream, you'll understand the predicament of My Little Margie tomorrow night on CBS Radio. Convinced that she's a princess, My Little Margie, played by Gail Storm, gives her father, he's Charles Farrell, a royal pain in the neck. It's another comedy episode of CBS Radio's new Sunday night laugh program, My Little Margie, tomorrow night on most of these same stations. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. Mr. Dillon, I know one of these keys is supposed to fit. Chester, all I've got to say is that it better fit. Yes, sir. Well, that's not it. It would be a fine how-to-do if we had to call in a blacksmith to get you out of your own jail. Chester. It'd be sort of like the time... Never mind, Chester. Just get the door open. Yes, sir. Oh, I know how you feel, all right, Mr. Well, I declare. (laughs) There you are, Mr. Dillon. Come on. I'll get the other gun out of the office safe. Fine, thanks you get for trying to help people. A man gets careless and then he winds up in a jam like this. Hey, let's see now. All right, 27. Left, 69. All right. You sure going to be hard to explain why you took Martin out of jail, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, I know. If he gets clean away, we're going to look pretty foolish. He's not going to get away, Chester. Yes, sir. Ten to one, Martin will try to team up with his sidekick, Polly, before he heads out of town. Let's try the saloons first and see if we can pick up his trail. Yes, Mr. Dillon. Martin said we'd never bring him in alive. So don't take any chances. Mm. No, 
officer. No sign of him in here, Mr. Dillon. Not unless he's in the back room. Let's walk over toward the bar. That's bad business, Chester. Martin's already shot one man in the back. We'll never catch him in the open, if he's got anything to say about it. Yes, sir, I've been thinking about that. Kind of makes a man's spine crawl. Hiya, boy. Heavenly day. (laughs) (laughs) You act as though you were caught robbing a bank, Chester. I've always suspected Chester of having a shady past. Have a drink, man? Uh, No, no, we haven't got time. We we can't stay. We're looking for a fellow. By the way, uh, who went bail for Boston Jack? What do you mean? Well, he was in here about ten minutes ago. He was in here, huh? Yeah, he, he talked to Red Poley and the... Two of them left together. I thought he must You know where they went, Kitty? Well, no, Matt. I haven't got any idea, but they sure left here in a hurry. He broke out of jail, There's 40 ways from Sunday they could have ridden, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, I know. But if they're not in Dodge, there's only one way they'd head. The Circle B. Yeah. Martin knows Hawks is the only witness I've got against him. Come on, Chester. Ranch looks quiet. Yeah. Well, we've been making time. Maybe we outrode them. If they're even headed this way. Well, they better be. Hold it. Who's there? Somebody standing there at the side of the house. Yeah, I see. It's the marshal, Matt Dillon. Is that you, Ezra? That's right. Come on up, Matt. What brings you way out here this time of night, Matt? Well, I'm sort of counting on an old acquaintance of yours showing up here sometime tonight. What are you talking about? Boston Jack. Out of jail. Matt, how'd that happen? Well, I doubt it would serve any good purpose to go into that right now. He hasn't been here, I take it. No. Matt, he's a mad dog. Ought to be shot a long time ago. I'd kill him on sight. Well, I came out here to make sure he doesn't kill you. Chester, put our horses in the barn. Get him out of sight, huh? All right, Mr. Dillon. And, uh... You may as well stay there, Chester, and cover the yard. Yes, sir. Well, what about us, Matt? What are we going to do? Go inside the house and put the lights out and wait. That's all, just wait. minutes, Matt. I think you're on a cold trail. I hope not. Yeah. You've had enough time to get here. Maybe not enough courage, though. They figure the odds are two to one in their favor. Shouldn't take much courage. People who've never killed anybody don't understand killer's worst enemy is his own nerve. Well, I'll take your word for it, Matt. I guess you've sat and waited like this plenty of times. Yeah, too many. Uh, does it ever bother you, Matt? Do you ever get to wondering? Wait a minute. Well, there they are, Ezra. Where, Matt? Over there by the corral. You see? They're walking the horses into the yard. Slow and quiet. Yeah. Yeah, I see them. 
What are you going to do, Matt? Go out and call them. Oh, they'll fire from the dark without no warning. Yeah, I know. They're getting off their horses. Gotta walk up here, I guess. All right, Ezra, stay in the house and keep out of this. Chester and I can handle them. Yeah, Matt. Good luck. Thanks. Martin Foley, you're under arrest. Heads up, Chester. I dropped Poli. Martin's running into the corral. Yes, sir. I see him, Mr. Dillon. You're trapped, Martin. Now climb out of that corral. I told you how it would be, Dillon. Come on in and get me. Sure, Martin. I'm coming. Mr. Dillon, he's fired the hayrick. We ought to... Look, he's trying to ride the horse out. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Is he... You didn't shoot him, eh? No. He fell off right in front of the stampede. They went right over him. Mr. Dillon? Yeah. Uh, wait here for me, Chester. Uh, I'll go in and tell her. All right, sir. I hope she believes me. Don't worry, Mr. Dillon. She will. Uh, uh, I'll be out in a couple of minutes. Evening, Miss Blair. Why, Mr. Dillon, this is a surprise. Uh, do you mind if I step in? Of course I don't mind. Thank you. A friend of Martin's is welcome and... Mr. Dillon, is something wrong? I'm afraid so, Miss Blair. I've got bad news for you. It's Martin. Something's happened to Martin. Yes, ma'am. He's hurt. Uh, it's worse than hurt, ma'am. No. Oh, no. Martin was killed in a fight. Martin dead. If it's any consolation, Miss Blair, he... He died hard with all the odds against him. Martin never asked for favor. He fought a good fight, something to remember. Martin has always been fine and clean. He was just restless. People didn't understand. No, I suppose they didn't, Miss Blair. But he died on his feet, fighting. I guess that's the way Martin wanted it. Yes, I think so, ma'am. <clears throat> I suppose Miss Markham's here. I wouldn't want to leave you alone. 
Yes, she's here. I'll be all right, Mr. Dillon. Well, I'll come by and see you in the morning. Uh, if there's anything at all I can do... You've I... been very kind, Mr. Dillon. I'm grateful to you. I'm sorry about this, Miss Blair. Marshal, I'll be leaving tomorrow. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye, Miss Blair. You all right, Mr. Dillon? I think so, Chester. Did she believe what you told her? Uh, what I told her was true. Mm. Well, there's no harm in letting her think the best of it. Martin paid his debt. No reason his sister should suffer. That's right, Mr. Dillon. Chester, uh, if I remember correctly, Kitty offered us a drink earlier this evening. That's right. Well, let's go. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Gene Bates, Sam Edwards, and Ralph Moody. Parley Bear is Chester, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Eve Arden plays the wise-cracking English teacher Connie Brooks of Madison High Sunday nights on CBS Radio. And when our Miss Brooks calls the role on comedy, there's laughter enough for all takers. Sunday nights and most of these same stations join Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks for high-class classroom comedy. This is Roy Rowan speaking. America now listens to 105 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS Radio Network.
That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. There's more from the adventures of the Falcon, Gunsmoke, past episodes of this podcast, and all the others at relicradio.com. Our Shoutcast stream is up and running there as well with even more old-time radio. Lots to listen to. If you'd like to help support it, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. We've got some downloadable sets for certain donation amounts, though anything you're able to give is always helpful and appreciated. Thanks again to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back tomorrow with Case Closed and next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show.